Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today is the last episode, and we're covering the most important relationship that you can have outside of yourself. And that relationship is, of course, with your Heavenly Father. It's Christmas time. I hope you all are having a wonderful time with your family and celebrating the birth of Christ. And I have the notes on this episode very minimal because I can just ramble about this subject, and I'm pretty sure it'll be a great episode from just the ramblings. But having that relationship with your Heavenly Father is vitally important, especially when it comes to selfish regions. Pretty sure you didn't think that's where I was going. But you know how much easier it is to be confident that everything is going to work out, that you can handle whatever life is going to throw at you, that you are loved for and cared for, when you believe that you have a Heavenly Father who loves and cares for you and knows everything that's going on around you and is making sure that in the end, everything will be okay, it's a whole lot easier. I don't have the stress that most of the world has. In fact, there's... So, I'm a Latter-day Saint. I think I've made that clear over the course of the last several years, but I'm a Latter-day Saint. The nickname for them is Mormons. Now, Mormons are predominantly, well, actually, they're all over the world, but the, the capital for Latter-day Saints is Utah. And there are so many jokes that I've seen over the years about Utahns being happy. How dare they be happy? One of my favorites was a skit that got some guy was doing, and it's him pretending to be different states. And like the Florida is a guy at the beach. The New Yorker is a super grumpy, um, foul-languaged, bundled-up person. And then the Utahan is a super cheerful, happy, friendly guy. And I don't remember which one of them says it. They're like, what's up with him? I'm like, I think that's what, I think he's happy. I'm like, huh, wouldn't that be nice? I'm not religious out of any moral obligation. I'm not religious out of any fear of judgment. I'm religious because I know it's the best way to live and I'm able to enjoy life a whole lot more than most people. That and I've had too many spiritual conversations with Heavenly Father to have any shadow of a doubt. You really can't pretend that God doesn't exist when you've had multiple conversations, multiple miracles with him. At that point, it'd be kind of silly not to be religious. Because here's the thing. I don't like doing religious activities. Going to church is boring. Going out and serving others is annoying. But I can tell you this. I don't know how many countless times where I'm in just a foul mood. And even though going to church is annoying, going to the temple is really annoying. Serving others is really annoying. I almost always seem to be in a great mood after the fact. So in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have these things called temples. And they are set apart super holy places that you can only go to if you have permission from the bishop. And to get that permission, you have to be keeping all the commandments to the best of your ability. Satan really doesn't like you going to the temple. And he will use all sorts of tricks to keep people from going to the temple. And his favorite trick with my dad is something always comes up. 
something at work comes up, something at the house, like a faucet breaks, something, a car problem, something. For some reason, there's this thing that makes it so that way they have a hard time getting to the temple. For me, it is almost always a, oh, you think you're going to go to the temple today? Let's put you in the worst mood possible, so that way the last thing you want to do is go to this annoying temple where you have to sit and listen to spiritual jargon that's boring, and it eats up a couple hours of your day when you're super busy and stressed and tired, and the last thing you want to do is go to the temple. That's his trick with me. So almost always when I go to the temple, I am in the most foul of moods. I'm basically saying screw you to Heavenly Father the whole drive to the temple. Once I'm out of the temple, I'm like, wow, that was fantastic. I, why, why am I always so, why am I always dreading going to the temple when I am always feeling great after the fact? I'm always feeling great after the fact. It's because Satan doesn't want you to get the benefits of going to church, doing the service, getting those serotonin glands pumping, having that community where you can trust and know that they will be there to help you. These are all tangible, worldly benefits that come with it. And honestly, the worldly benefits are enough. And there's been plenty of times in my life where I'm, my default attitude is, screw you, Lord, I don't like you. But I still went to church to get that companionship and to get that spiritual renewal each week so that way the next week wouldn't be absolutely terrible. In fact, I'll tell another story. So, when I was building my house, um, just over a year ago, I flew out to my property, and over the course of two weeks, tried to throw the whole thing together, because that's the only opening that I had. Now, not finish everything, but make it so that way the rain wouldn't ruin everything, because I wouldn't be able to get back out there for like six months. So, over the course of those two weeks, it was a very stressful two weeks, and absolutely nothing went right. But here's the thing. I know without a shadow of, my, of a doubt that the Lord told me to buy this property and to build this house. He gave me the green light. He was like, yes, this is what you should do. You would think that if he gives me the green light, he'll make it a little easier. No. It was still brutal. Everything sucked. I was absolutely pissed by the end of the two weeks. St everything ended up working out just fine, but it was a very stressful two weeks. And to make it so that way everything worked out fine, the last two days were pretty much a no-sleep two days. Um, went to bed late the night before and then got up super early that morning. And then that morning, the last day, we did the roofing and somebody from the local congregation of my church came out. Never met this guy, never been to that particular church building because I don't live there yet. But he came out to help because we needed the help. And that's the role that churches are supposed to play. Historically, anyway. So a local member came out, helped us because we needed the help. We needed a third guy. And so we were able to get the roof on. Well, we still had to do enclose the walls because the rain wouldn't come down. We got the roof done so the rain could come down. But if any rain went through the sides, it, it would get in. So starting super early in the morning, we did the roof. And then around 9 p.m. at night, the guy's left by this point because he has to go back home. Uh, my brother and I are sitting there quickly scarfing down some food. 
And we're like, you know, if we really hurried, we could get the walls finished being closed in. And that would be good enough. Well, of course, nothing went right. So about 1.30 in the morning, we finish. And we start loading up the trailer. Only to discover that the trailer, that the woods are so thick that the trailer can't be turned around by the truck. And it's a big trailer because we had to haul an entire house's worth of materials up. So we then spend the next half an hour manually using two by fours and brute strength to turn this stupid trailer around and start loading it up. At this point, I asked my brother, what time is it? And he's like, oh, it's about two o'clock. Well, here's the thing. We're about three hours from the airport. I have to catch a plane. I have to, I have to be at the airport to catch my plane at five in the morning. So needless to say, I started running like mad. Got everything loaded up, headed out. I'm sleep deprived. I've just had two super stressful weeks of nothing going right on a project that the Lord told me to do. And now it is, I'm fly, I make my plane. Once again, everything actually has worked out fine. It's just nothing has gone according to plan. Everything, the house got finished. We did it in two weeks, an impossible task. But it came at the price of a whole lot of stress, sweat, tears, and lack of sleep. So I catch my plane, fly back, get in my car, drive home, and it's Sunday. Well, I am very sleep deprived. I'm tired. I haven't had a bath in two weeks. So I, my plan is to take a shower, go to bed. Well, I get in the shower and I get a prompting, a spiritual prompting, that I need to go to church. The last thing I want to do is go to church for that jerk. But... I've always been very good at following those promptings. That's why I get them. You're not going to talk to somebody if they're not going to listen. Same thing with Heavenly Father. He's not going to talk to you if you're not listening. So even though I'm absolutely pissed off, I quickly shower and church is starting when I get in the shower. Like it's, or it's, I need to leave for church when I'm getting into the shower. But, and I get into my car. I know I'm going to be super late. I'm going to miss the sacrament and get that nice spiritual renewal that comes from the sacrament. So I get into the car, knowing that I'm going to miss this, and I get a, another spiritual prompting to take a totally different route than I normally take. And it makes no sense because I know that route is full of stoplights and stop signs, and it'll take at least an extra five minutes, if not more, to get to the church building going that route. I do it anyway. This was pretty cool because it's... It, wasn't just that route. I was taking all sorts of weird turns and um, going directions that I normally would never go. But I will say this, I was following the promptings each time and I did not stop my car once. The only times I had to stop was a half a second at the stop sign where there was no cars and so I could go immediately. I got to church, made it on time, took the sacrament, got that nice spiritual renewal, which was very important because the next week all sucked too. And if I hadn't gotten that spiritual renewal, it would have been absolutely brutal. Was I still pissed that the nothing on the trip went right? Absolutely. In fact, um, months later, I had multiple friends mention that they didn't dare ask me about my trip because they knew I had gone to go build my house. Because when I walked into the church building, I looked like I was ready to tear everyone's head off. So being religious, building a relationship with your Heavenly Father doesn't make your life easier. It just makes you, your ability 
to deal with the things that life throws at you easier. That was a really long ramble for the first principle. And that was that having a relationship with your Heavenly Father doesn't make your life easier, but it makes it easier to deal with life. That's the first principle. And that's perfectly fair that it took most of the episode to cover that principle because that's the bulk of what I wanted to talk about. But let's talk about some of the key things to remember when building a relationship with the Lord. One, it's okay to be mad at him. As long as you don't turn your back on him, it's perfectly okay to be mad at him. I have spent most of my adulthood mad at the Lord for one thing or another. Because life kind of sucks. And truthfully, I'm kind of a moody person. But as long as you always remember that he is God and he loves you and cares for you, you can get over your temper tantrums. Just like a kid gets over their temper tantrums when their parents say no to something. But I really wanted that cookie. Why can't I have that cookie? Because it's not good for you. But I really wanted to marry that girl. Why can't I have that girl? Because if you had married that girl, she would have divorced you four years down the line. So no, you can't have that girl. And that leads into the next principle, which is trust. And I struggle with this one a lot because I'm not a very trusting person. And it's really tr hard to trust the Lord when nothing seems to be going right. I'm like, why am I still here? I have developed all of these social skills. I can flirt with all the girls. I cut my, my journal sounds like a soap opera. Um, me and a girl I friend zone was recently reading in my journal. She wanted to see what I had written about her and I, for some reason, let her. Anyway, the entries near where I met her, I was talking about her and this other girl. And we talked and the, the journal covered that for like a page or two and just my different exploits with these two different girls. And then there was a pause in my journal and it said, now let's backtrack a bit and let me introduce you to these two other girls. She got a little mad at me because apparently when I was dating her, there was at least three other girls that I was dealing with at the same time. I have lots of girls in my life. I still can't find a wife. Not that I can't find somebody who wouldn't be interested in me. It's that I can't find somebody that is at all going to be a successful relationship with me. That gets kind of frustrating. It's really hard to trust the Lord when you're doing everything right for a decade and you still feel like you're not getting anywhere. It's really hard to trust the Lord when your business fails because you're marketing, you're doing marketing for restaurants and then COVID shuts all of the restaurants down. So nobody really wants to do marketing right now. It's really hard to trust the Lord when that stuff happens. It's really hard to trust the Lord when you're going through some major health problems. You're like, why are you making me go through this? I'm doing everything right. What's wrong with me? And why are you letting this happen? It's really hard to trust the Lord, but it's important to trust him. And you can only have trust that everything is going to work out fine if you have faith that he knows what's going on and he knows what is best and that he loves you. And then the other thing, the next principle that you have to keep in mind when building a relationship with Heavenly Father is patience. Something else that I struggle mightily with. Because here's the thing. We all want our things now and we want them now and you better hurry up and give it to us now. There's a great joking prayer that I've heard and it's like, Lord, please give me patience and give it to me right now. Which would you rather have? 
to have to wait five years for your spouse for a mediocre, okay relationship? Or would you rather wait 10 years for the best relationship you possibly could have? Honestly, some days I'd rather take the five, but you have to have patience. You have to believe and trust in the Lord's timing. My aunt had to wait like 20 years for her spouse. And she married a fantastic guy that she met back in high school and really hit it off with. But then he went and got married to somebody else. She had to wait 20 years for that marriage to run its course. And then she randomly got a prompting in her sleep that she should reach out to this guy. And she was like, I'm not reaching out to him. He's married. You don't reach out to a married guy. But she followed the prompting. He wasn't married anymore. And they are living happily ever after. Sometimes you just have to wait. Sometimes your business has to wait. And sometimes you're so impatient, you're stressing yourself out because you're trying to make it happen faster and you need a good smack upside the head to remember that there is no rush and that by going on nine dates in two weeks is not going to make it so that way you can meet the girl any faster. Especially when the girl's not even ready yet and isn't in the dating market. I'm talking from personal experience. I've had to get smacked upside the head by Heavenly Father multiple times because I'm like, Arr! like I'm doing everything possible to make this happen. Why isn't it happening? I'm like, because she's not ready yet. So slow down and relax. You're not going to miss your shot. As long as you, and that's the, that's the thing. You're not going to miss your shot. As long as you're doing the right things and keep being a good little boy or a good little girl, and doing the things that you're supposed to do, you're not going to miss your shot. You're not going to have an opportunity that you were supposed to take pass you by. If you keep doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, don't stress about it. it stressing doesn't do anything. You can't make it happen. So as long as you just keep putting in your best effort, so that way you are there when the opportunity arises and that you are prepared for the opportunity, then you're not going to miss the opportunity. The Lord's not going to let it happen. So... I just mentioned, as long as you're being a good little boy and doing the things that you're supposed to do. And we'll touch on the religious aspect in just a sec, but that can apply all over the spectrum. You're not going to have a divorce if you're doing you're being a good little boy and doing all the things that you're supposed to do, like making sure you take your spouse out on a date, giving them love and affection, making sure that they are sexually met, meeting all of their needs. You are not going to be an utter failure at business as long as you keep being a good little boy or girl and doing the things that you're supposed to, which include, actually, it's the principles. As long as you're keeping the principles of success, you're going to be fine. Put in the hard work, take the action, learn, be disciplined, eat healthy, build strong relationships, have a hard focus on saving your money, not spending it all. If you're being a good little boy, you're keeping the principles, and when you keep the principles, you are almost guaranteed to be successful. So what are the principles of building a relationship with your Heavenly Father? It includes the stupid, annoying, dull things that you think are pointless and dumb. Like, for instance, reading scriptures, praying, going to church, repenting of your sins, trying to keep the commandments learning to trust the Lord and be patient. If you do these basic things, you will build a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Another cool thing about the temple is the spirit is so strong, it is really easy to have a conversation 
with Heavenly Father. I've had plenty of conversations outside of the temple, but it's like a radio. You have to get tuned in just right to be able to hear perfectly. It's just like an old school radio, let's put it that way. If you're not listening, if you have music blasting, you're not going to hear those soft little whispers. You have to actively go and talk with the Lord if you want to have a conversation with the Lord. But it's by doing those little things, following those promptings, that you build that relationship with him. And then, when you have that strong relationship with your Heavenly Father, life gets so much easier to deal with, and you know... What am I trying to say? And you get a little hack that no one else has. You get the Lord, the, the creator of the universe, giving you direction on how to run your business or to do something to help your marriage out. For example, the Lord basically forced my mom to go to a dance where she met my dad. She had no intention of dating at all at that time and was not going to go to the dance specifically because she didn't want to date. And then due to a long series of circumstances, the Lord basically said, nope, you're going there. Sorry, t tough luck. Oh, by the way, here's your spouse. It doesn't always happen that way. In fact, I think that's the exception, not the rule. But if you have a strong relationship with the Lord, you're able to take advantage of those promptings and seize opportunities that you otherwise might have missed. So with that, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. And I will see you all next year, because this is the end of the principles of relationships. Next year, we will be covering a subject that I'm pretty sure every single listener is super eager to hear, and that's the principles of fulfillment and happiness. Something that we as a culture in the modern world desperately need. So, I encourage you all to listen to next year's podcast and to encourage your friends to listen to next year's podcast because everyone needs a little bit more happiness. And building a relationship with the Lord is one of the first keys to being happy. And we'll cover that some more next year.